Welcome to a healthy bite. You're one nibble closer to a more satisfying way of life, a healthier you, and bite-sized bits of healthy motivation. Now let's dig in on the dish with Rebecca Huff. It's Rebecca, and today we are here with Paula Rizzo. She has two books. Is it two? Two, yes. Two books. They're both about <laughs> list making, um, but they, they're different. So I would like it if you would tell us a little bit about the differences between the two books, as well as your background. I know you have a lot of different hats that you wear. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been doing and how you came to write these books. Sure. Lots and lots of lists. Uh, I can't help myself. So the first book is called Listful Thinking, Using Lists to Be More Productive, Highly Successful, and Less Stressed. And the second book is called Listful Living, A List-Making Journey to a Less Stressed You. So they really do go hand in hand. But the first book is the 101. Why should you make lists? How can you do it better You know, in all aspects of your life? The second one is a journal. So you're meant to write in it. And it really focuses on your productivity style and your stress levels and helping you to create a less stressed life. Because so often we put too much on our plate and too much on our to-do list and then we get burnt out. And burnout is a real thing these days. And so I want to make sure people do not burn out and are actually enjoying their lives and, and feeling you know, less stressed. So um, my background is as a television producer. I've spent close to 20 years as a TV producer in New York City. And most recently, I was a senior health producer at Fox News Channel for over a decade. And so I did all kinds of health and wellness stories for them. We focused on stress a lot and you know, those kinds of things. And so I'm thrilled to be able to, to chat with you and to help people to be less stressed because it, it can really manifest in so many ways in the body, right? It can body, mind, soul, stress will mess you up. So let's not have that happen. That's for sure. I think stress is such a huge contributor to health problems. And I was reading statistics and what was it like 90% of hospital visits or something are, are related yeah. to stress? It's, yes. Mm -hmm. Stress.org found that up to 90% of all doctor related visits are something that has to do with stress. That's insane. We're busying ourselves to death. Um, mm -hmm. So in the journal, you're talking about how we can get our lives in order once and for all. And you're talking about putting the right things on our list. So you, this isn't just a list about, you know, all of the many things that we need to get done today. This is a list that actually doesn't make us feel chaotic. It's a list making that makes us feel calmer. How do we go about doing that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's much more intentional list making because so often we just keep putting everything on there and everything everybody else wants us to do. And we say yes to everything. And I know from personal experience that that will make you completely burn out. And also, you know, I had a, a very dramatic way of learning to slow down. My appendix burst about um, a year after my first book came out. And at that point, you know, it was very dramatic, dramatic and uh, difficult time. And I was in the hospital for nine days. I was out of work for six weeks. I lost 12 pounds. Like it was a big ordeal in my life. Everything had to come off my list. Everything. And guess what? The world still spun. Everything was still fine. And I was like, you know, so there's some ego involved in the list that we have too, that you think I'm the only yeah. person who could possibly ever do these things. 
incorrect. Actually, other people can take it over or some things don't even matter. You know, so after that experience, I started to look at what was getting on this list. What is really making it onto the list that I really truly need to be there? Yeah, that story that you told about when your um, appendix burst, it really resonated with me. My own experiences and then and my daughter, my oldest daughter had a medical leave where she was out of work for a, a while and she experienced the exact same thing you said. I was like, this is so wow. crazy. I sent my daughter a picture. I was like, look at this. She went through the same thing where people would say, oh, I bet you got a lot of stuff done on your medical leave. Mm -hmm. And your response was, no. Nope. Yeah, no, I'm literally healing. It's amazing. The body needs to heal. I couldn't even watch TV sometimes or even reading a book. I thought, oh, I'll catch up on some reading. I couldn't even do that. No, you really need to rest. That is what your body needed. Yeah. So was it hard for you to make yourself rest or was it just like, I have to lay down? I can't. It was both, you know, mm -hmm. so it was very much where you think you can do it. Like your mind is like, Hey, I, I want to go do this. I want to go do that. And then your body is like, we're just not doing that. You know, there's right. part of that, but then there's part of, as you start to, to get better and you feel like you can do things to remind yourself to not overdo it. And that's the hard part because at first your body like won't adjust, you know? And then after that, you're able to do whatever you want. Like, you know, here I am back again doing the second book now. And I have to remind myself, don't overschedule yourself make sure you don't like it's this stuff is not going to go away you know is if you don't do every interview in the first two weeks it doesn't mean it's gonna you know, you're never going to be able to reach audiences or sell the book or promote it or whatever you know sometimes you just have to really remind yourself and step out of that place of kind of like frantic oh gosh if i don't do it now it's never going to happen it's just not true right and and you had said in there and i think you this is a lesson that obviously you have learned and i'm still working on it but you said rest is the new hustle <laughs> i love yes. that yes it is really a good reminder every time you think you're going to like oh i got to do this i got to and it's sort of like you know you need to rest you need to decompress you need to find out what it is that will help you uh with your you know your stress levels and self care and be able to put that on the list right that's that's the most important part is to give yourself that downtime in between what you're doing yeah and that's what you did i loved it um i had written down you had a little section and this was my absolute favorite but it was the page a matter of health where you had you know readers to do this activity and i think your book is almost like you know those activity books that you used to get as a kid and yeah. but it's an activity book for grown-ups <laughs> Mm -hmm. So yes. I was like, this is fun. Make, make the number eight and make some doodles and, oh, this is fun. But this page was my favorite. You um, talk about um, having us write down the things that we would do to stay mentally and physically healthy. And then you had like the little boxes every day, twice a week, every week, every month, quarter, twice a year, once a year, and so on and so forth. And I thought, oh my goodness, we all talk about self-care so much. You hear it all the time now, but how many of us actually make an action plan right. for how we're going to do this? Yeah. Very few people. People get self-care very, very wrong. Everyone, it's a big buzzword. Everybody knows it's a big deal. Everybody knows it's good for them, but they think it has to be expensive and they think it has to be time consuming and they don't actually make the time to do it. So none of that works, right? So it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be a week long vacation. It doesn't have to be a $300 massage. It could literally be 
drinking a cup of tea, calling a friend, reading a, a chapter of a book that you really love, going on a virtual vacation, right? Picking one location that you've never been to before, go on Google Maps, time yourself for 10 minutes and just zoom around looking to see, you know, what, what, what you can create and see and, and go on a little vacation. It's a little that. downtime where you can just like de-stress and not worry about what you're in the middle of or whatever it is. Um, but oftentimes people don't do that. They just fill their time with more things. So to be able to, another, another example that I use a lot actually is when I go on a trip, whether it be for business or pleasure, I block off the next day as much as I possibly can. I can't always do that, but I try not to um, schedule calls or meetings or whatever it is because I need that time to decompress. Sure. Could I jump right back into working? A hundred percent. Have I done it? Do I do it? Yes. But I notice that I'm way better when I give myself a buffer that I don't have to go right back in the very next day. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it is harder because you're, I mean, the whole adjusting and then if there's jet lag, you've got that to deal with. And just, I mean, the whole thing about any kind of traveling, whether it's for business or pleasure, I feel like you need that kind of buffer zone on the beginning and the end so that you can take care of yourself. But I loved that page. And I, that was one of the pages that I'm like, I'm definitely doing this exercise. When I started at the beginning, I was like, doodle, really? Is she really (laughs) writing this book? She can't mean it. And then you said, I really mean it, you know? And then you told the story about the library. Okay. We got to write in the book, which it was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did love that. That was my favorite in the whole book. Um, and then I also liked, you had said, you mentioned a couple of quotes about Tim Ferriss and Marie Kondo. Will you tell? (laughs) Yes. I don't want to give away too many spoilers about the book. No, of course it's, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I talk about this stuff all, all the time. So I, um, you know, Tim Ferriss, I have like a love hate relationship with Tim Ferriss. I think what he, you know, for our work weeks, cool idea, but like, can it really happen? I don't know. But, um, I do appreciate, you know, uh, his, his zest for efficiency. And uh, one of the things he had always said is the way that he makes decisions. It's very like, if it's not a hell yeah, it's a no. And so that's very definitive. And I think that's great because I love rules. And mm-hmm. I think that really helps people to be able to decide in the moment, am I going to do this or not? Because we, we're people pleasers. Everybody wants to say yes to everything. We yes. want to be helpful. We want to we say yes. We want to show up. We want to be the person that gets asked back. People are too afraid to say no. Mm-hmm. And then you take on too much stuff and then you feel guilty and then you feel over, overrun. So I have really learned to be able to take a step back and say no with grace. And I look at it more like Marie Kondo. I look to see, okay, is this speaking engagement or is this podcast or is this, is this, does this spark joy? And if it sparks joy, I do it. And if it doesn't spark joy, I say no. Or, you know, I say not right now or maybe in the future or whatever, you know? So that's how I like to look at it because it's, it's a really easy way to make a decision fast. And I think that's the best way to make decisions of what gets on the list. Because you really want to tap into your gut. Like, what did I feel? Did I really want to do it? Am I doing it out of obligation? Yes. I experienced this recently. <clears throat> and there's so many good things. It's really hard because, yeah. you know, I mean, and being an advocate for so many different really good causes. It's sometimes, you know, and I do the same thing. And I was, had this one situation where um, I was going to make this commitment for a year to something that would be a lot, that would be a lot of time and attention. And I was saying yes to it because I felt like, oh, if I 
don't do it. You know, I'm, I, I felt that obligation. And then I finally realized, oh my goodness, I'm saying yes. When I really need to say no, what am I yeah. doing? Yeah. So, yeah. And then look at all the think- other things you have to say no to. Right. I mean, it's like, because you say yes to that one thing, then you have to say no to all these other things. And it, part of it could be you, right. But part of it could be, you're saying no to your own self-care and, or sleep. You know, if you're doing something that's at night and your priority right now is to get more sleep or to be more rested or to, you know, really control, you know, whatever it, it's difficult. So you really, the, the, to backtrack on it, you really need to have your priority straight. Does this align with my priority right now? Yeah. And I think that's the point to remember is that for every yes, there's an understood no. My therapist taught me that. And when she said it to me, I was like, wow. I mean, you know that to do this, it means you can't do that, but to really think, okay, if I say yes to this, what am I saying no to? And that just to be mindful about that, I think really does um, give you a new perspective to saying no when you really need to be saying no. Yeah, for sure. And people don't, you know, you know right away whether or not you can do something. You mm-hmm. know, people say also often, well, I'll try to make it. I'll try to be there. How are you going to be at that event when you're going to be downtown at some other event or whatever? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can't do it. So just come out and be like, I wish I could do it, but I can't. So they can invite somebody else or give them somebody else to, but whatever. You know what I mean? It just, it's, it's much easier for, for you, for the person asking you, if you're just very definitive, very quick about it. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. And that's, it's a lot easier said than done, but the more yes. we practice it, the better we get at it. And our self-confidence mm-hmm. goes up by leaps and bounds whenever we actually practice right. doing that. But, um, so you said that you did, you were in the health kind of industry. You did stories about health, like on the news yeah. or can you tell us a little yeah, bit? Yeah. So that? it was the Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, for the news, yeah. So I worked for Fox News Channel and I produced all their health and wellness content. And I interviewed experts like JJ Virgin, Deepak Chopra, Jillian Michaels, you know, people who are powerhouses in the health and wellness world. Mm -hmm. Um, Along with, you know, I did a lot of stories with doctors and patients about different stories. So I would cover anything from, you know, a brand new surgery to a fitness class where it could be anything in between, you know, I've covered alternative medicine. I covered, you know, traditional medicine, all of that stuff. Um, and so it was really fun. I mean, it was, it was great because it, it, everything you could sort of use for yourself, you know, when we, we would talk to somebody to talk about, you know, what are some alternative remedies for the flu is like, great, good to know. I could use this for myself, you know? So that's why I really enjoyed it so much. Right. That's what I was going to ask you. I bet you learned a ton when you were doing that. Yeah, for sure. And you become an expert, you know, you become an expert in uh, a short amount of time on like lots of different topics. So it was a very, very fun. But, you know, once I was, I actually, you know, worked in hospitals a lot. I would go there to shoot videos and to interview doctors and I was in ERs and ORs, but I had never been there as a patient. So when I was back, when my appendix burst, it was a totally different perspective. You know, I actually took away from that more empathy and sympathy for the patients and the the people who I was doing these stories with, because, you know, a lot of times it sounds like people are complaining or it sounds like, oh, well, you couldn't, you just get up, you know, like, it's just like, it's not to be believed unless you've actually experienced it. And so I think that was a really big lesson for me too, to, to really like put yourself in someone else's shoes and see how, see how it is. Yeah. So in your experience with these different jobs you've had, I know you brought a lot of that 
um, knowledge that you gained during the time that you were doing all this health coverage. Um, so how did you bring that into your new book? So it very much is about, um, you know, being a TV producer is about timing and knowing how long 30 seconds is, knowing how long a minute is, because that's how long these segments are. You know what I mean? It has to be exact. And so I have through the years been able to, to really have this skill of knowing how long something is going to take. Uh, most people don't think in seconds like that. And so in this book, I really try to get people to time themselves, to time how long does it actually take you to do certain tasks because we over, either overestimate or underestimate. We think, oh, it'll take five minutes and it takes you 20 minutes, or you think it's going to take you two hours and it takes 15 minutes. So to really know how long these things take you is so helpful because then you can stick it into your day and know, oh, I can actually get more done than I thought. And so there's exercises in the book that, you know, play really on, you know, my experience as a TV producer through the years and things that have made me successful there that then I've used in my personal life that I'm like, ah, eh, this really works. So let me share it with some people. Oh, so that's how you came up with it. Uh, Cause you had all of these exercises, like you say, where we, I basically write down, you know, all of the things that I do in the day and then assigning them to the days and how long they take and how many days yeah. you do it, all of that. It just, because like I said before, I really felt like, okay, I'm, I'm a pretty decent list maker and I yeah. love lists. I'm a big fan of lists. And so I know I'm going to love this book, but I was surprised when I was reading it that I needed to tweak my lists a little bit. Uh-huh. And also like when you want to do certain things, mm -hmm. I mean, that's really helpful to know to your productivity. Like when do I feel most jazzed up to do certain kinds of tasks? So sometimes, you know, people think, oh, if you become a morning person, you'll get more done. It just doesn't happen. That's, it's going to make you cranky if you're not a morning person. I know because I've tried. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for me, I have a slow morning. I have to like kind of get wound up to get started to do work, you know, actual like you know, I mean, what I'm doing before is really, you know, reading the newspaper, drinking tea. Like I do a lot of that stuff beforehand. And then I start podcasts, interviews, whatever I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm a media trainer and coach now. So I work with a lot of clients on their, um, on camera presence and things like that. So, uh, that's, it can be draining through the day. You know, you're talking a lot, you're, you're expressing things with people. So I need time in between to relax. And now I know that about myself. So I, I stack my day like a newscast almost in a way. Um, and that it, it, it's very much designed for me. And what works for me isn't going to work for you. You have to tap into how you work best and then design your life that way. Right. And that's, that's what the beauty is about your listful living is that this isn't you telling us your method. This right. is you coaching us through figuring out our own method, basically how to do our things in the best way for us. Not because, you know, you've read that self-help book before. That's like, okay, this is how you do it. You get yeah. up early and you do this, you know, all the successful people get up before 5am. Yep. <laughs> so I, I thought that was really neat is that you're taking into account that each person is their own unique individual and we all have our own way that we are more successful. And so how, how do we bring all of this together? So by the end, say you, someone who's never made a list or they're just, you know, not the list making type. They just kind mm -hmm. of take things as it happened. They're kind of a spontaneous personality. Uh -huh. And someone yeah. like that get this book. Do you feel like that this will improve upon their systems or is this for people that kind of already have the list thing going and just need to tweak it or both or? 
I do think that it's both because oftentimes people who are creatives, let's say, you know, mm-hmm. who, who don't, who don't want to make lists because they feel like that will restrict them mm-hmm. uh, or they're in the moment and they don't, you know, I don't, I forget to do that or I write it down then I don't look at it again or whatever it is. They, I found that those types of people actually feel more free once they do create lists and they do some of these activities because then they have a little bit of a constraint to say, okay, now I can be even more creative within this, you know, two hour window or whatever to be able to, to give themselves the time to do it. So I do find that they end up coming around and becoming list people, uh, you know, and to, to be able to do this. But it's, you know, talking about your own productivity style and how you like to work best. You, look, I make lists of lists of lists for everything. You don't have to do that, right? You can do it for just the specific things that you want. And some people just do it for work or just do it for travel or just, do, you know, um, I find that when you spill it out into different parts of your life, it really does help. But you don't have to go so overboard and look at it like, oh, this is going to be such work, right? This is very much designed for you. And people often ask me, what pen do you use? What, what notebook do you use? And I'm always like, it doesn't matter. because, And they hate that answer because they just want the answer. Just tell me what right. pen to buy. And the truth <laughs> is, it doesn't matter. I could give you this pen and you could hate it. And then, and then what? You're not going to be productive. So you have to figure out what works for you. Yeah. That's what I took away from your book is that you're basically telling people that, you know, here's kind of a a blueprint and you take this blueprint and you make it your own and come up with your lists. And, you know, I mean, but why, I guess this is the overall question, basically what it boils down to, why is list making so healthy? Mm, Well, it's so, first off, I look at it as like an instant stress reliever Mm -hmm. because when you have all this stuff going on in your head and you think I have a million things to do, when you sit down and you just like get it all out, put it down, oftentimes it's not as bad as you thought. And you look and you're like, oh, you know what? I actually didn't have a zillion things. I was just making that anxiety worse in my head. But now Mm -hmm. that it's here, I can handle it now. Or I can say, okay, this doesn't actually need to get done today. So it really does give you that, that relief. And when you are going through your day and you're able to check things off or scratch it off or whatever, there's such a great sense of accomplishment. And then it just makes you want to do more. And, you know, so you get a little bit of endorphin hit there too, but it really does help you to look at your life and your day and, and feel like you have some control over it. Because you look at the list and you think, especially with a to-do list, right? Like, here's my intention for the day. Here's what I need and want to get done. Rather than here's what everybody else, you know, is going to come at me with and, and have me do all their things. This is what I have on my list for today. So that, um, that's not just me. Because <laughs> I was thinking, okay. Ah, no. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I do that. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I have all these things to do. I'm just so overwhelmed. I have a million things. And, and then I'll start being snappy with my family. And I'll start feeling like my heartbeat kind of. Uh, speeds up a little bit. And then I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? Oh, okay. And because I think it just starts to feed on itself when you yeah. do maybe, you know, and I always do have things to do, but like you were saying, you know, being mindful of the ones that, how you prioritize, like really what would happen if I didn't do this, this, and this, right? would probably even know. I mean, I think a lot of people like creators, influencers, and you know, I mean, I know you have a couple of courses and I'm sure you have a ton more information about this, but I think a lot of times we're like, oh, I've got to go schedule all my social media. I've got to go do this. I've got to do that. No one cares if you don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> really? no. 
No one cares. Right. It's pressure you've put on yourself. That is it. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. totally the pressure you put on yourself. So what is something, an action that someone can do right now? Say they ordered your book and they have two day shipping and they're going to get your book in two days. What, what's the thing that they <laughs> right. can do right now to get started with listful living? Yeah. Well, I would say the to-do list is, of course, you know, the ultimate of all lists. Uh, there's many other lists that you can make and that I walk you through and all of that. But I would start with the exercise of doing a, a to-do list for tomorrow today. And so that's how I do every, that's how I end every single day is that I think through what do I have to do tomorrow? What are the things that I have the time and the resources to do tomorrow? So it's not absolutely everything, but it's how can I get this done in the time that I have tomorrow? And and with the resources that I have. So you're not going to write things on that list like write book. You're never going to write a book in one day. So what is the small piece of that book that you could write? Or you know, what is the, the research you need to do for that book or whatever it is? Put that on the list. That's the thing that gets put down there. So if you do that the night before, when you come in to your office, your desk, your whatever the next day, you can look and say, okay, this is my roadmap for the day. I might get derailed, but at least I know what I had intended to do so I can keep myself focused and back on track. So when you do get you know, distracted or whatever, you can look back and say, okay, what is it that I actually really need to be doing right now? So you set yourself up for success the night before. That's the way I like to do it. Maybe you want to do it in the morning or whatever, but I find that mornings are a little bit crazy and get kind of hectic. It's nice to sort of have it there already for you waiting. Mm, okay. I love that idea. And it is hard to resist the urge to ask you, you know, do you use a planner? Do you use a three, a spiral method? I know. It's I know. very hard to resist the urge to ask you that because you know, you're like the list genius. I know. <laughs> well, you know, it changes. I have to say it changes. It, it's, uh, I used to, for a very long time, I only wrote in pencil because that sort of worked for me. I was really into it. Uh, that's when I worked at Fox. I would write in pencil all the time. And I would write on reporter notebooks, like the skinny ones with the spirals on top. Those were yep. my notebooks. Then for a while, I was using steno pads, which are like a little bit bigger. And they also have the, the spirals. I'm left-handed. So the spirals are in my way when I write. So I mm -hmm. like them on top. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then now I use pen, just whatever pen. It doesn't even matter. Uh, you know. But the thing is with with making lists on paper, when you write something down, you're 33% more likely to do it. So it really does like solidify something in, in your mind and just having it there is like, it's a real, even if it's just go get milk, I mean, it just solidifies it. So you actually go do it. It, it makes you more likely to do it. That makes a lot of sense. Now I'm going to start writing down more things. Um, ah, yes. Yeah. Cause you know, I want to increase the odds that I'll actually do the things that I'll Want to Accountability. Do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for being on here. So do you, I, you have so much wisdom and I know you have your books and then you have your courses. Do you coach people or what, what, how do you work with people? So for productivity and list making, I do have an online course where uh, it's a group program and it's mm -hmm. called Listful Thinking Masterclass. And that really helps to walk you through a lot of the stuff that's in the book. You know, I actually created that after my first book, Listful Thinking. And a lot of that has ended up in Listful Living because it does help a lot of this time tracking and those kinds of things. So it, it's a very good compliment. Um, and so that's uh, the books and speaking. And that's what I do for productivity. And then my, my main business, is as a media trainer and coach. So I help experts and authors and entrepreneurs and people who are looking to get into the media 
And so I helped to coach them how to pitch media better and how to present on camera, you know, better if they're doing interviews. I helped to prep them for interviews when their books come out or, you know, if they're just looking to, to be out there in a bigger way. Um, and also to create their own videos because now anybody can create a video wherever they are. You know, you mm -hmm. can just use your phone. And uh, sometimes that intimidates people or they want to know how to do it better. And so I coach people one-on-one -on -one to do that. And I also uh, have group programs and things like that to uh, help people get out there in a bigger way and uh, make a big impact. Perfect. And where can people find more information about that? Sure. So um, for the book, uh, if you go to listfulliving.com, you can find the book and get on my email list for productivity and list making. And then if you go to paularizzo.com, there is a checklist because I just couldn't help myself. There's a checklist to become a go-to media expert. And that is all about my media training and coaching. And I give a lot of you know um, free advice there as well on how you can be out there in a, in a bigger way. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Paula. I love your book because lists make me so happy. <laughs> I know that not everyone is, you know, a list maker, but once they get a hold of your book, I think even the most spontaneous creative souls can become list loving people. So I hope I so. Yes. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please rate and review so other people can learn about this podcast. Find out more about sleep, hygiene, eating healthy, tasty recipes, zero-waste lifestyle, and lots more on thatorganicmom.com. Help us spread the word. Be blessed and stay healthy.